Yeah. And it really helps to not not be the only super uber curious geek in the room. <laughs> yeah. Because when I go down those like, what did Moscow look like in 1812 mm-hmm. holes and find something that looks like it could be and have other people go, oh, uh, that's, I'm interested in that. You're listening to WERALP, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM. Coming to you from the studios at Arlington Independent Media, I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to be Curious. Welcome. This is a show all about curiosity. We talk about research and theory, but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. Raise your hand if you've ever read Leo Tolstoy's classic work, War and Peace, in its entirety. I can't put my hand up yet, but thanks to today's guest, I'm getting really close. Each summer, libraries across the country launch vacation reading challenges. My sons participated for years, gleefully churning through as many books as we could carry each week, showing off their earned swag and reminding me of titles I had long since forgotten. I've never channeled my inner eight-year-old, as one friend recently put it, and signed up for the adult reading challenges until this year. This year, for reasons that have, on more than one occasion, eluded me, (laughs) I I took the bait and signed up for the Arlington Public Library's Big Book Club and have been reading the aforementioned War and Peace. Hello and welcome to Arlington Public Library's Big Book Club, oh boy, Tolstoy. I'm Jenny. Some months ago, APL's Jenny Rothschild joined me to talk about checking out our curiosity at the library. If you listen to that show or have been anywhere near a library recently, you know that libraries around here offer a lot more than the old hushed and hallowed halls delineated by Dewey's decimal system. But did you imagine podcasts? Marilyn Plavacus Arons, a professor at Syracuse University's School of Information, the iSchool, says librarians are the ones who can teach the information literacy skills we need to remain in a zone of curiosity. And I have to say this job description, if you will, was really borne out as the four people you're about to meet managed to keep a ragtag group of us in the zone for 14 weeks through 1,200 pages of Napoleonic grandiosity and Russian fatalism. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Not surprisingly, I was particularly interested to see all the ways curiosity played out in the story itself, but also among the group of readers, among our stewards and shepherds over time, around the classic tale that weaves actual history and fabricated human drama, together in a, did I mention, big way. When I signed up for this, I wrote to Jenny and I said, I'm doing this, but only if you all agree to come and talk to me about it. And I'm delighted to have Jenny Rothschild back, along with her colleagues, Megan Biggins, Peter Petresky, and Alex Zeeland. So welcome, all. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Thanks for having (laughs) us. So... Whose idea was this anyway, Megan? Yeah, it's sort of started with me. Um, I've said on the podcast several times I really like a project, and I wanted a project for summer 2018, mm-hmm. and I've wanted to read War and Peace for a long time. Um, 
it's a book I've heard about a lot. My college roommate, who I'm still close to, is obsessed with it. Uh, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet is an amazing musical. So I was at breakfast, a work breakfast thing with Jenny one day. I'm telling her about it. She's like, oh, well. Well, because I also love the musical Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. And because I'm a librarian, I was like, I should go back to the source material. <laughs> um, when I first saw the show, I knew nothing about it. I had no idea it was based on a random, like, 70 pages right, from the middle of Ward And so I was interested in kind of going back, seeing how the characters in the musical got to that point, seeing what happened to them after that point. And Megan mentioned it. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in. We could read it together and be reading buddies. And then about a week later, I emailed her and I said, so do you want to Megan and Jenny this, by which I mean go completely over the top? I was like, why don't we live tweet our reading, invite other people to read along with us and kind of have an online book club. And let's check with Alex to see if that is an appropriate use of our library social, our library Twitter accounts, or if we should just do it on our personal Twitter accounts. So, so Alex. We, sh- <laughs> we asked Alex, who then. <laughs> I, I said, sure, that's probably fine. You know, that sounds good. And then because I have to strategize everything and think it through in the most sort of like holistic, sort of how does this fit with everything we're doing kind of way, um, I thought, well, if we're going to go to all this effort, we need to make it something that's not just sort of a fly-by-night project. We need to really make it worth our return on investment, and um, we need to make it archivable. Mm-hmm. Well, how can we make it archivable? Well, Jenny and I have been talking for maybe four years about yeah. what it's- makes a good library podcast. We've been sort of talking about podcasts and listening to podcasts, and she's been telling me the ones she likes. I've been t- telling her the ones I like, and we've been just sort of throwing ideas back and forth, but not being able to come up with anything that we thought made, would make a good podcast for us. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I sent them both a text, and I said, if we're going to do it, we have to do a podcast. And they both went, what are you, crazy? <laughs> yeah. I said, no, I'm serious. <laughs> I was like, no one wants to listen to my uninformed thoughts on War and Peace. Like, I can't and talk I, about this intelligently. And I seriously had to talk them into it. <laughs> well, and, and I'm so glad strange, you did. Because, like, you have told, you and I have been talking about me being on a podcast for several years. Because... Yes, I've been trying to talk you into doing a podcast with me for, like, two years. I'm in. Mission <laughs> accomplished. Yeah. Um, because I thought, if we're going to do this, we need to make it something that people can track with us. Yeah. And something that people can track later and something that we have proof that we've done and then I thought oh my gosh I've just talked them into doing a podcast I've never done a podcast (laughs) (laughs) I have to learn to do I have to learn to make podcasts now which was part of the point because I've wanted to learn to make podcasts for a while Um, just like they like to take on projects I like to take on technical projects Uh I like them to learn new skills but this was like one more big heavy lift And then I just happened to be talking to my boss, who happened to have just been in a meeting with Pete, and it turns out that Pete had been... So I I was in this meeting, and I was trying to make myself sound like a big man, so I casually dropped, hey, in a previous life, I hosted a podcast, I produced a podcast, I catered the podcast, I know podcasts soup to nuts. So I attacked him in the hallway, and I said, Pete, you've made podcasts, you want to be on a podcast? And he went, uh, okay. Plus, here's the important thing. I basically ambushed him. Pete owns the mic. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was literally the kid in the baseball game who I had the ball, so I decide when the game starts and ends. Yeah. So until Alex got a mic and headphones and a setup, I was the one with the equipment. Yeah, so I had the software. He had the mic. And there was a couple days where I'd be like, Pete, 
I can't get the software to talk to the mic. And he'd be like, oh, click that. Oh, click that. And we'd be like, okay, good. We got it. Good. We got it. We can go. And um, I do want to say, this is the most library process of yeah. creating so a program mean? ever. I, 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 I literally used <laughs> lynda.com software from the library, which is free with your library card, and watched somebody's how to make a podcast videos from beginning to end to learn how to make a podcast. Oh, see, now you should come to Arlington Independent Media. Let me just put a plug here for that. But even beyond that, like just the, hey, I've got like this weird idea, which I'm like super notorious for calling people and being like, hey, I have an idea. Let's put in six months of really hard work <laughs> and it'll be really fun. So, <laughs> so, so the components are, there's the podcast which you do weekly, kind mm-hmm. of, it drops midweek. I don't know. I haven't been able to do record, exactly We record on, on Monday mornings or Mondays at noon. Uh-huh. And then because of my work schedule, I don't usually get to edit until Wednesday, uh-huh. um, which is my telework day. And then it usually drops on Thursdays. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and if you get guest production from me, who knows when it's going to drop? Uh-huh. <laughs> the weeks when I'm out of town, who knows? And then on Sunday nights, eight o'clock, it's on my calendar, like a like a fixed thing, is the Facebook virtual book club. We haven't yes. even talked yeah, about that. Yeah, so that was another component Alex brought in. She had been talking with the programming team yeah. who wanted to do something more with Facebook and do something where we had a bunch of people on Facebook at the same time interacting. And part of that is because, you know, looking at the stats, Alex has found we actually get the most engagement on social media with Facebook. Yeah. And that's where people oh, that's engage with us Did you anticipate that? Um so uh, as much as I personally hate Facebook as a social media platform because we have no control over a lot of what it does uh-huh. um, and because it uh, is a very unpredictable and unwieldy platform, yeah. it is the platform that most people are using. Yeah. Um, and so it and it's the easiest platform for many people to use. Um, and it seems to give us the most – it's where the most of our users are. And so when we do something – on social media. We can put it on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. It's the one that we get the most return on. And so yeah. when we start a conversation, that's where people are easy. It's the easiest place for people to reply to us. Now, there are lots of people who don't want to be on social media at all. And so we won't find them anywhere on social media. Right. But if they're going to be there, that's where they're going to be. So do you have people participating outside of social media? Do you even we, know? We do. We have, um, t- when we set up the registration for the Big Book Club, 200 people uh, uh-huh. 202 people registered, uh-huh. and um, the podcast download stats are trending at about uh, 50 new downloads per episode, and they go up per episode every week so that the earliest po- episodes keep getting downloaded and mm-hmm. it keeps sort of snowballing down. So there are people who yeah. keep coming on and, and playing catch up, mm-hmm. um, and so it keeps rolling downhill. Good stats, congratulations, so, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I, I've, I've I have been, some appreciation for what it takes <laughs> to get there. Yeah, um, I've been really pleased. Um, so uh, we seem to have people who are continuing to to download and, and keep listening, and there are people who are telling us that they are not um, following along on social media, uh, and they're they're not part of the conversations uh-huh. on social media, but who are listening every week on on the podcast. And there are people who, as far as I know, are simply reading the book along with us, mm-hmm. and who have not been participating in any of the other stuff, um, which is really interesting. And then there's the newsletter that goes out every week or most weeks. I've skipped a couple when I've either been really busy or out of town. Right. And uh, the open rate on that is only about forty percent, which is pretty high for a newsletter, but yeah. still not everybody's mm-hmm. reading it. So there, I, I, we're going to send out a survey at the end of the um, summer and find out what people's actual participation rate is, hopefully. So 
One of the things that's been fascinating to me about it, and I I know that you assumed this and you were clearly designing it for that purpose, but the the club itself, the group itself, became this wonderful way for readers to support one another mm-hmm. in a long-term project in a um, I mean, I viewed it as also sort of a curiosity project. There was like the the military historian who was weighing in, and and, and the Russian woman who was weighing in yeah. on some of the translation yeah. stuff, and and that to me was really wonderful because you just never knew where the expertise was going to come from. So, did you have favorite instances or examples of that? Give people a flavor for the kinds of things that kind of popped up. I don't know if it was a favorite, but it was one that was really striking early on. Um, So as a group, we tend to get really excited about small things. Like, that's what keeps us going through this book. And we got really excited about the policeman being tied to a bear. (laughs) (laughs) I noticed that. I did notice that. that It's so random. Like, that is not where I was expecting Tolstoy to go. Like, who would have thought in this, like, great work of the Western canon, a bunch of drunk guys would tie a policeman to a bear and throw it in the river? But but. So so it was it was a really like we thought it was going to be really funny. We thought this was going to carry us like through the whole 14 weeks like oh we're going to keep coming back to this bear. Dangerous the, bitey cow tipping. Yeah. Right. And we have talked about that bear a lot. But then, a lot. But then when when somebody else in the group weighed in and said, "Well, you know, the Russian nobility really kind of tortured these bears." And like they showed us a picture of what happens to the oh, bears and it was like oh like i'm glad i found that out but i wish i had so it was a yeah. it was a real moment of bringing us sort of down to earth and realizing sort of grounding us in oh that's what it would have been like then there right. would have been bears everywhere mm-hmm. enough bears to put in pits everywhere right um and, and there have been a lot of those moments where you're like oh right so so very different i mean yeah I well, because i think another... even before they tied the policeman to the bear i was really taken with pierre waltzing the bear across the room and bringing the bear with them in the carriage i was like that <laughs> like i saw the hangover wild animals in your car that doesn't go it's well it doesn't go well no but i do think we had another moment like that where it's like whoa this was different um when we talked about anatole and Dolokhov's um, like coachman for hire guy that was just like drunk, like drunk, like rolling his troika around <laughs> Moscow, <laughs> thirteen miles an hour, thirteen right, miles an right. hour, like speed demon, <laughs> drunk, running people over, and we all just had this like weird moment of like, what is what. Russia, what are you doing, Russia? Like, what is actually happening? See, but that's what I loved about this project because particularly having not just alone in my room slogging through this thing, which honestly I wouldn't have done it's without you. I, would, I yeah. just I would have to say it. thank this you. This is not the first time I've attempted to read War and Peace. Right. It's right. the first time I've gotten more than 200 pages into right. it. Well, this is the first time I've picked up Russian literature since college. Yeah. You know? I this one has been taunting me for 40 it. years. I don't know that I would have made it just with you, too. No. I, I, I love you, but no. No, I, I think at some point I've been like, we should read YA instead. Yes. Let's read a YA. Let's just watch the BBC miniseries. Same. Yeah. Same. We'll just get together and watch the movie. It'll be fine. It'll be same. No, but see, the beauty of this was this opportunity to kind of go down these rabbit holes and then come back up. Mm-hmm. And, and thinking, you know, I got into it and I realized I have no idea how historically accurate this is. Mm-hmm. What is the context? You know, how was this viewed at the time? You all were so helpful in talking about, you know, this was actually pretty revolutionary that he was telling a story in this way. And I'm like, huh, I didn't know that because I'm feeling pretty cranky about the way he's telling the story right now. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it really helped yeah. to have that context mm-hmm. and yeah. to, to bring my curiosity back to it. It's like, 
oh, how might I view this differently? How was it viewed differently? Well, it really helps to not not be the only super uber curious geek in the room. <laughs> yeah. Because when I go down those like, what did Moscow look like in 1812 mm-hmm. holes and find something that looks like it could be and have other people go, oh, oh. that's, I'm interested in that. Yeah, and and yeah, the rabbit holes you go down are different than the ones I go down. Yes, and you're right. always like, oh, I didn't know I needed to know that. And yeah. are different than the ones, you know, people in the Facebook group go down and then we can all come back up from the rabbit hole and be like, this is what I learned. Right. And then, so you're getting a lot more context just from everyone and it's, yeah. I think that's kind of what we hoped would happen. Mm-hmm. But to see it play out has been really yeah. gratifying. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I was going to ask, actually, if if your wildest dreams are realized from this project, what's true on September 9th when it's all done? I think we're all done. <laughs> I think we're all done. War and Peace. I think that it was a positive reading experience for people. Um, I feel like War and Peace is one of those books that, oh, I read that in college. Oh, I had to read that in college. It was terrible. Or like, is War and Peace a book I'm going to pick up every five years and just be super happy that not I'm unless you I need a freeway. Be one world. of those people. No, I, I'm, I'm not. Like this is this is not Janer for me. Like right. I'm not going to do that with this. However, I can look back on this and say like I genuinely enjoyed reading this. Did I enjoy every page? Absolutely not. <laughs> not by any stretch of the imagination. However, I enjoyed the process of building of building this small temporary community around it and feeling like. I made something that, or I was part of making something that was kind of meh, kind of great for people. Yeah. And I think you did. I mean, congratulations. Because I definitely felt that way. We all did. Through this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, everyone in the So community building was actually really a specific goal here, right? Yes. Even though you're doing it like, I don't know if I'll ever meet the other people in the group. And yet you managed to establish a sense of community. Talk about that. Mm Well, so my my main goal with almost all of my work is building community, and it's mm-hmm. usually the kind of community that is sort of fleeting and, and online. But I am hoping that the people who who participated, even if they only participated by reading along on by themselves and and don't actually write things on Facebook or are just getting the newsletter or are just listening to the podcast, mm-hmm. that they feel like they're part of something that makes them feel good. Yeah, and even if it's just that they felt like that the group helped them get through the book, that they felt like the, the library was part of their positive experience. And if it's more than that, great. If it's something that they really feel like they're connected to something positive and fun and um, personal, that's awesome. If the library is something that they carry around in their hearts, you know, like I feel like a lot of people, I feel like people <laughs> on the Facebook group do that. Uh-huh. Like they they are there because they want to talk to us, and that's really yeah. powerful and exciting. Yeah. But if it's less than that, it's okay. Um, but I think for everybody who feels like they're coming together to have a really fun conversation, that that's a really powerful thing. It is really interesting how many people are following and participating without actually being active. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was telling Alex before this, um, my brother and sister-in-law listen to the podcast every week and like call me and have comments and like thoughts <laughs> about Tolstoy and like 
the bear and like why do you research pineapples this much? <laughs> and I will never look at pineapples the same way. I, know, I have right? to tell I you. I mean, everybody wants to be on a pineapple fancy. It's a really good goal, guys. Um, Fiscally but, irresponsible. You should really rent to own that pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> 10% interest. There's so many in-jokes now because of this. It's kind of hilarious. But I love that all of those in-jokes are with not like the four of us, it's with a hundred people yes, on yes, Facebook. Exactly. Um, yeah. And we were really, it, uh, to go back to the theme of community, like we were, were really able to create this like very specific community around this book that wasn't based, that of course is based on the library, but wasn't based on the library space, which is a different thing for us. Yes. Yeah, like mm-hmm. spaces, yeah. be, the community around space has always been a big thing for the library. So this is different for us. Not so much for Alex, but me and Jenny at least. Yeah. Like yeah, we're... that's true. So I, I know you're you're wondering about your next book. Do you have kind of ideas in your mind yes. about what would make you the right <laughs> choice? Yes, we do. <laughs> we, we, we haven't we haven't settled on what the next book was is, but we do have some criteria which are leading us towards some possibilities. So I'll just put my plug in for choosing something that people feel is really really daunting. Yep. Because I think the sense of accomplishment. And community in that accomplishment is part of what was so attractive about this. I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan for Infinite Jest myself. Oh, <laughs> Infinite and, Summer. And that, <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> and Infinite Summer is actually where I got the idea to spread it, spread this out over the so- uh, whole that summer. That was genius. Let me just say. <laughs> so I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> You've doomed us all. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I do think we are sticking to the theme of a like quote unquote big book yeah. in terms of like this is big and important and I'm probably not going to pick it up over my beloved romance novels on right. my own right mm-hmm. uh, maybe we're not doing something 1200 plus pages again for a little <laughs> while I think <laughs> I think we're we're going to pick something slightly smaller but it is still going to be a big book yeah. we, we are thinking of doing a shorter big book over Session. over the winter oh, so yeah. something for December and January mm-hmm. that would be mm-hmm. Something a little shorter that could be done um, with a, a couple of weeks off, so like that if you were traveling, right. yes, <laughs> yeah. so that you could have, so that we wouldn't have to report the podcast every week, um, and so that you could have a catch-up week nice. or two, mm-hmm. but that would allow people to do something. We've um, got ideas, though. Yeah, yeah. There's a handful of, um, I think, when you think big books important to the canon. You can probably, and, and you think about the page criteria, you can probably think along the same lines we are about the books we're considering. Right. I know, I know. Well, I looked yeah. at the list of some of what's coming up, and I'm like, I read most of those. <laughs> <laughs> Give me something I haven't read. And we're also looking for books that we know that in the collection we have either a lot of copies of or that we can ah. get, uh, quote-unquote, infinite copies of that are e-copies yeah. mm-hmm. so that if people want to not have to buy it, oh, um, nice. that, that we also can can supply um, infinite it, copies of. It's a library logistical problem that when you embark on a project like this, you really want people to be interested and you want to be overwhelmed with demand. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, I've only got 10 copies of that book. Yeah. What do I do? And I don't have a lot of extra money to buy, right. to buy more. Which was a big thing with this. And I do think a lot of people ended up buying their own. I think we talked about used copies because mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. mine yeah. came from Better World Books. and well, You yeah. know, I will confess, I bought mine um, at a local independent purveyor of books. As did I. Yeah. As and, did I. Um, 
And I had several people say, well, why don't you, you know, as you're reading, why don't you just like break the book in half and you have less to carry? I'm like, this thing is now sacred. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I can't do you that. Clearly I treat your book much more kindly than I treat mine. <laughs> I now have three copies of this book, which yeah. is amazing for a book I haven't actually finished yet because I bought this translation of it when it first came out. Uh-huh. So 10 plus years ago. So mine's hardcover and I never read it. <laughs> yeah. and that's why one you know back when the project wasn't so big we decided on this translation because Megan's like well which one are you reading I'm like well this is the one on my shelf uh-huh. I mean that's really why we picked this one because it was the one already on yeah, my shelf yeah this is the one that showed up yeah. when I ordered it um, I didn't I didn't this is this showed up <laughs> and then was, I did a bunch of retroactive research and I was like oh yeah this is okay yeah. <laughs> so anyway they're, they're, I, I got really into the fact that there are so many interesting things going on between the different translations mm-hmm. so I've really enjoyed actually mm-hmm. being the person who gets to go back and forth and be like well so what's going on in this translation what's going on in that translation and you know okay I've enjoyed that so uh, so typically I end with an analogy to curiosity but I'm, g- I'm going to do something different this time yeah. speed round okay we have to be uh, fast oh about God. this oh, time, no. I have a time limit <laughs> yes. unlike the podcast I have a real time limit so think about it for a minute okay how is war and peace like life oh I about this all the time. <laughs> Megan's also at speed. I'm ready. Um, so one thing that has been really striking to me is how much everything, like, I mean, people are carrying bears around in their carriages and getting married after, or getting engaged after meeting each other two times. And all of that is incredibly foreign to us, except all of this is very much the same. There's so much of this I can look at and be like, well, I would have the exact same feeling and reaction. That is why this is a a big book and a great book and a classic piece of literature because it is really once you get past all the military all the military stuff and like past all the balls and like past all of that it's a novel about humanity and like how how humans are humaning and it's it's the humans humaning um there are so many political conversations at dinner parties i'm like oh i've been to that party Mm -hmm. (laughs) so many times especially in the dc area like i've had that conversation about a different war or a different scandal and a different yeah. leader, but I've been there. And the way Tolstoy writes adult sibling relationships and how like these brothers and sisters are like have reverted back to their six year old selves <laughs> and then three paragraphs later actually having really deep supportive conversations, which is so true as someone with a sibling and we're both adults and you don't see I haven't seen sibling a lot of sibling relationships like that in literature, especially of this time period. So he captures human emotions really well in a way that is timeless. So, cool. Tolstoy is very clear in in his narration that nobody actually knows what they're doing and none of it matters. <laughs> that history is just going to plow <laughs> forward. If you're if you're Napoleon or if you're a farmer, it doesn't matter. History is going to plow over you. So, like I related to Pierre wanders into a ball and there's all these rules of society and he's like, I have no idea what's happening. And when you're in that position, you look over somewhere else and you go, I bet those people know what they're doing. No, they don't. The generals <laughs> don't know what they're doing. They can't get their soldiers across a bridge because the soldiers are too busy like playing patty cake and making jokes. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it that really touched it for me that no matter who you look at, like if they look like they know what they're doing, they feel just like you. They don't actually know what they're doing. They're uh, just trying to get through. Yeah, yeah. Alex? I, basically, they've all said it. The, the things that I've been thinking as well, um, I'll just say um, more zombies. More <laughs> <laughs> more zombies. <laughs> so I will say, I will say, as I thought about this, 
um, like life, War and Peace is better in community. So thank you all for, for doing this, for doing this all the time, not just for this particular project, and for making it something that attracted and kept a big group of us. So thanks. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. You've been listening to WERA 96.7 FM. If you joined us late or want to catch up on this or any of the other great shows here on Radio Arlington, check us out online and on demand at WERA.FM. You can hear this and all my other shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, and Facebook, all at Choose to be Curious, or on my website at ChooseToBeCurious.com. And I hope you'll follow me there or in tw- and on Twitter at Choose Number 2, Letter B, Curious. Many thanks to my guests, Alex Zeeland, Jennifer Rothschild, Megan Biggins, and Peter Petruski, not just for being with me today, but for being there for me through those 14 long weeks. And I'll leave you with this from our boy Tolstoy in War and Peace. <laughs> we can know only that we know nothing, and that is the highest degree of human wisdom. Until next time, choose to be curious. Funding for Choose to be Curious on WERA 96.7 FM is provided in part by the Center for Parents and Teens, where families are strengthened through a connection built through positive communication, mutual understanding, and realistic expectations of one another. For more information, visit www.centerforparentsandteens.com. Choose to be Curious is sponsored in part by realtor Christine Hopkins. Curious about real estate? Christine works with clients from around the world using her time and knowledge to build community. As she likes to say, community engagement has always been my big why. Working in real estate has helped me express that. What makes you part of a community more than living there? For more information, visit facebook.com slash Nova House Hunter.